So how's your week, man? Happy birthday. Oh, yeah. Thanks, man. Happy birthday Just... last week to you. I don't think we called that out last episode, did we? Uh, I don't what? I don't know, actually. For anybody that we doesn't may know, have... uh, Gary is exactly one week older than me. Seven seven days. Pretty cool. So you had 23-year-olds last week. This week, you got 24-year-olds. 25. Yeah. You will notice a significant difference. Yeah. I mean, you'll be sitting there thinking like, man, I don't feel like I'm listening to early 20-year-olds. I feel like I'm listening to like mid 20 year olds you know <laughs> it's just like a slight change in their wisdom all of a sudden yeah <laughs> so 24 year old calvin you watch anything cool this week for your birthday or anything? yeah uh well i've i've been watching a few good things but the one thing that i really wanted to highlight and talk about is something that you told me to watch um i'm two episodes from the end but watchmen the new watchmen oh, series yeah damon lindelof man what I, the fuck? I don't even think when we first started talking about him, I think in episode one, I realized he did Watchmen. And eventually when I realized it, I was like, you got to watch this because I loved it. He is great. Oh, my God. Just the, great. The whole, the, the man, the planning of the show is really awesome. And the things that they've planted, and I've been more attuned to that because Eva and I have been watching it for the first time with Sam who has already seen it and he, he like every like 15 minutes is going like oh um, oh wow <clears throat> nothing just just something they said just just something they said just there no I'm fine you know whatever. I have to rewatch it now that's awesome yeah I have um, only I've only watched it the first time yeah Oh man, it is so good, and the the ways that oh man, I I really want to talk about some things that would be very spoilerish, but they subvert expectations in a lot of ways, both in what you expect of the context of the show and also what you expect of superheroes, you know, which is so cool because that is it's like what the point of the original graphic novel was well one of the i mean yeah. it has many themes and things but one of the main points was how it subverted superhero tropes and then this show almost feels like it's subverting what you would expect having read that graphic novel which is the coolest way to continue that story I, it yeah. did it in the only way i could possibly have been like yeah the story is I, this is headcanon for me this is this is the next chapter in that story, and I'm cool with it. You know what I mean? One detail that I feel like I can bring up that's something that I really like, but also allude to something that I can't bring up. <laughs> they, I, I love that, uh, A, Regina King. I love Regina King is fantastic, fantastic in this show. Oh, when she just walks, and you don't even have to see her, like, behind her while she's walking, and it's just... Yeah. And you're like... Oh yeah, oh, yeah. King. she's about to kick some ass. And I love Damon yeah. Lindelof reusing actors. Like he also used yeah. Michael from The Leftovers. I don't even think I realized that wa Epis having watched episode Watchmen six. while watching The Leftovers, episode six, the one that uses black and oh. white in a very, very good uh, way, which is actually Mine. also that episode. Wow. I mean, Sam prefaced. He was like, uh, "This episode is why I think this show is awesome," and I so far agree. I still have two episodes left, but holy fuck, what they do in that episode is incredible. It's partially how they subvert the thing I was going to bring up initially that I really liked, which is Regina King painting her face. You, they show 
scenes of her you know like batman always has the like blacked out makeup in his eyes or whatever they show her putting on the makeup and like donning they show that process of like getting into the costumes which is awesome and then they subvert that in a very very cool way in that episode and that's all i'm gonna say Uh, i know exactly what you're talking about and everyone listening right now yes this is worth watching for I just realized, is that a trend in, like, TV shows where a couple episodes from the end, they just make a really experimental, interesting episode? Think Devs with the ta- Sitting at the Table episode. Mm. Think House on Haunted Hill with that episode where it's all one shot. Think, oh, uh... Yeah. I, I could think of... Uh, the Fly, is that a good example of a Breaking Bad? Like, a couple, oh, couple episodes, sure. episodes before the end of a season, they just, like, throw in a freaking bender. I don't know. It yeah. just feels like a thing that every now and then... Sh- Every now and then a show will just be like, here's something like wildly out there. This is what the show could be if it was just nuts. I don't know. It's a good structure to like. It's cool. You get people on board and then you wait enough time for them to be to start to be like, okay, like I think I understand this. Subvert the expectation and then hit them with whatever the like punch out of the end of the season is going to be. Game of Thrones did that all over. Really? Yeah. yeah. It, it reminds me of like when you're playing like a Batman game and then all of a sudden you're Catwoman for one of the episodes and you're like, oh, this is awesome. I'm Catwoman yeah. for a little bit. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah, what's so, the, what have you been watching? I haven't been watching as much as usual because one of the things that we're diving into because of what you were talking about, hmm. Lord of the Rings Extended Editions. Ooh. I finished Fellowship. Hell yeah. Uh, I'm showing my roommate Herman. Shout out to Herman if you're watching or listening. He actually is one of those rare few who watched the Hobbit movies before even watching Lord of the Rings. Yeah, you But he really, that. really loves the Hobbit movies. So I'm, um, you know, setting he's set up to enjoy these movies. Yeah. And so far he's really enjoying them. He hasn't disclosed much uh you know, I mean, we're in the middle of the trilogy, so you can't really just tell me how you feel yet. I don't even want to know, but yeah, we watched that first one, and we're about to dive into. I think we might even watch Two Towers today or tomorrow. Um, but that's not really what I want to talk about specifically right now. I want to take just a moment to talk about Percy Jackson and the Olympians. Do you know anything I about this? Saw you post. I saw. I saw a post of yours on social media, but I, I don't know anything further than that. I'm sure someone listening right now is excitedly pumping their fist at me bringing this up. Essentially. Percy Jackson and the Olympians is a series of books written by Rick Rick Riordan. I think everyone pronounces his name wrong, and I probably am right now. Hmm. Uh, he basically made a Harry Potter-like series, except Greek mythology. Hmm. That's kind of all you need to know. Yeah, It's really, really good. Really well written. Uh, it's just, it's like, you know, a lot of the complaints you might hear about Harry Potter in hindsight aren't really a thing in the Percy Jackson series, if that's enough you know uh i don't know he's he he writes a really really good story with a diverse cast and interesting perspectives and Mm. it's about greek mythology so it's awesome anyway the (laughs) movies weren't great and he was Mm. sad and he got a deal with disney plus so we can be expecting now a percy jackson show written by the writer of the books coming to disney plus oh wow i'm very excited he is writing the screenplay wow Oh, awesome. Cool. I just wanted to I wanted to say that for anyone listening that might not already know, but if you've read Percy Jackson, you probably already knew that. So, 
it's so exciting for us who love that series. It's basically going to be the Harry Potter, you know, like an yeah. actual vision brought to life, how right. he wanted it brought to life. Oh, that's very excited. That's super fucking exciting. Absolutely. I uh, uh, I just wanted to take a very brief moment uh, to utilize our kind of talking about other things we've watched before we get into Avatar for a sort of break of form that we usually do, uh, which is talking about film and television. I just wanted to shout out to Nicole Kronzer, who is our uh, high school English teacher. She directed both of us in plays in high school. Kronzer! Kronzatron! She just published her first book, and I just finished it. Um, Ooh, I gotta grab that. Yeah, Unscripted is the title of the book. It's about a 17-year-old girl who goes to an improv theater camp uh, in Colorado and uh, works her way through a very toxic, incredibly uh, male-dominated environment. And uh, it is fan-fucking-tastic. So I just wanted to give a quick shout-out here on our podcast to anyone who's listening who might be interested in that because it really was a really fantastic book can't wait to dive in i'm gonna pick that up as soon as we stop this podcast unscripted nicole kronzer one of my favorite teachers ever that's so awesome hell yeah well this is a new lens where gary and i talk about film and television and occasionally books written by our high school english teachers uh, that we liked when we were kids, that we uh, are now seeing through uh, the new lens of amateur filmmakers, and we are doing Avatar The Last Airbender, and we've got a really nice episode. Episode 9, The Waterbending Scroll. So in this episode, the gang finds themselves flying towards their goal, which is Aang having to learn all three elements as quickly as possible. He's getting really freaked out, so Gatara decides to help him out, teach him a little waterbending. In... He ends up being really good at it and washes away all their supplies. So they have to go get more, encounter some pirates in in the meantime, and these pirates have a waterbending scroll. That is kind of the focus of the episode, and Katara decides to steal said scroll from the pirates. And in the meantime, Zuko and Iroh get caught up in all this mess, and everyone kind of comes together in the end. And uh, yeah, that's kind of the whole episode right there. I uh I really love this uh I'm I'm starting to notice a trend of opening art being really fantastic. You know, yeah, like and it's not just like scene. Yeah, the, they the decide sun to... shining through at the beginning of uh this episode is just gorgeous. Beautiful. And yeah, establishes I, the scene very well, you know. You can tell the animators every now and then are like, All right, I'm gonna flex. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, you've got Aang pacing in the saddle of Appa, which is this the first time we're seeing him like not okay? Yeah, <laughs> he's I always was just been like. That. Remember when you were talking about how chill he was in the episode where Katara pretended to earthbend? In he prison, was like, yeah, "Yeah, whatever." I mean, that Aang is gone now. <laughs> yeah, well, because of what he just found out, like, and it's incredible because he's he's known that at some point. He's going to have to uh, face the Fire Lord and that he will have to be the one to, you know, end the war. But he didn't know the time frame. Like he thought. Yeah, know, like I'm maybe sure he'll he be thought... like an old, wise, right. badass avatar exactly. training for like 50 years. He has a summer to do this. And I love that <laughs> after finding that out, there's not like an. In... This sort of is an interlude. It's not, though. It's like the story has really begun and everything. 
really rolls over from the previous episodes and he's just got this rolling anxiety coming off of all the stuff that he just found out and fucking Sako, leave him alone come on man <laughs> dude <laughs> yeah Sako, you just have to learn all of these bending techniques in a summer he's like making it like oh no. yeah leave him alone man what the hell <laughs> Then we see Iroh and um, <laughs> he's playing Paicho and yeah. decides to turn the ship around because he loses his White Lotus tile. It's our first little reference to White Lotus, which we almost named this podcast. I thought I would mention that. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about it again in the future and, and when the White Lotus chip is talked about more. But for now, he turns around to go exploring for this chip and I love the transition when Zuko gets angry about it and just breathes fire out of his nose. Mm. Smoke clouds around Iroh's happy face. And then the <laughs> scene transitions with a yeah. smoke transition into the Avatar and the gang. Yep. Iroh is so goofy in this episode. He really is. Yeah. <laughs> He's just a goofball He's this whole episode. Really <laughs> funny moments. Yeah. There's one that in particular that I can't wait to get to, but but we'll get there. Um, I love... Happy Appa plopping into the river. And actually, Sokka's a good guy for actually doing that, too. With that, like, perfect brush branch that they give him. Mud and bugs. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Okay, fine. He goes and does it. Uh, I thought that was a good opportunity to bring up. um, I looked up the name of the guy who voices Momo and Appa, and I've known about this before, I've actually looked it up before, but his name is D. Bradley Baker. Um, D-E-E, D. Bradley Baker. And he is a really, really prolific voice actor for like creatures and stuff like that. And he has a lot of good moments. these noises aren't manipulated, right? Yeah. This is all like natural, like... Everything you hear from Appa and Momo are a dude making that sound. Which is the really Momo cool. ones are just. Yeah, Momo I can't has, imagine that. It's yeah, <laughs> he. Um, I thought you would find this really interesting. Uh, D. Bradley Baker. He's been in a like pretty much every kids animation you can think of, doing all of the like animal noises. But he was also in Space Jam. Daffy what? Duck and the Tasmanian Devil are D. Bradley Baker. Momo. No way. Yeah. So. <laughs> That's it all cool. makes sense now. What a talented dude. Right? That's that's a very specific talent, and I understand why he, uh, having cultivated it as, you know, <laughs> incredibly as he has, why he's cast in everything. Absolutely. Uh, this is a great scene showing us Aang isn't just a good wind, or airbender. He's just a naturally talented bender. He's got this down so quickly. Yes, Yes, but also I think it's, and I think they do actually talk about this later in the show as he tries to learn the other elements. Um, I don't want to spoil, but they do bring it up. It's just that, I mean, the fact that water is the closest to air, you know what I That's mean? That's right. He is, it's, it's a free-flowing thing that you gain, like, the Man, the poor Katara. Of. She oh, is man. me five seconds ago kind of forgetting that, and she has no idea that, you know, he might struggle more with other elements than water, Katara, but mm-hmm. at this point, he really excels. And even so, I imagine, because she had so much so much of a struggle learning because she just had no reference. She just right. learned by learning, 
and just he even figuring uses it out. that to help her feel better. He's like, "Well, so I sweet. have a great teacher." It's so sweet, and I love that. So um, nice. I love just a small detail, but like she does, you know, when she's trying to do the streaming the water thing, and she she does it pretty well. Um, and Ang just has it right away. She does, yeah, that music. Um, she does maintain what she is doing when she like gets surprised by seeing that he's doing it, which I thought was a really interesting thing because there's been moments in the show so far where she gets surprised and instantly like the water just splashes down. She does splash the water down, but she does it on purpose. She's holding it. She sees him doing it and she gets mad. And that's when she on purpose, like pushes it down, which begins, you know, we saw she was jealous, but now we begin to see how that state is affecting her bending. You know what I'm saying? I don't think I even really thought about how, of course, her jealousy is like clouding her ability to not, to just bend. I wrote, I even wrote down how throughout the episode, the moments where Katara isn't really thinking about it, she bends flawlessly and really well. Yeah. And the moments where she's in her head, she's not. But it's not just her being in her head. She's thinking about Aang too much. That's yeah. I, I didn't even think of that, man. <laughs> but also something that's interesting is, yeah, he gets the knack of it really quick but also being good at bending or being good at anything is knowing control as well and she like Very talks true. about this big wave move and he instantly does it washes away washes all away their stuff all their shit you know yep totally and that's not and it she when she kind of lost control learning how to do a move and she hit momo she had to apologize to everyone mm-hmm. he's kind of just like all right, we're going to go find some more stuff, you know? <laughs> right, yeah. Aang's a little bit of a bastard. Yeah. So they go to find some pirates, and these pirate character designs are phenomenal. Oh, my I God, I don't think yeah. I noticed that growing up watching this show. Just, like, the little details of each one having, like, their own weapons. Each one has, mm-hmm. like, their own little style. Like, the main dude we see right away sounds kind of like a parrot. I don't know yeah. if that's on purpose, but he's like, come on back! You know, it's I don't know. There's yeah. little things. It's so cool. I also like how they contrast these like very, very pirate people to these kids in this town. Um, yeah. They do that very well. Sort of the panning shot of all these like pirate looking people. And then the kids just like kind of trying to figure it out. I love. Would the... you look in this bag? <laughs> <laughs> What's in the bag? I love um, quick detail which i think is really cool Sokka says we're almost out of the money king boomy gave us which is a cool like yeah establishing the minutia of the world they explain that like how are they getting by boomy gave them money i'm sure they got some and money it's not when they lasting that spirit world and it is not lasting like they have to figure out how to do it. and Aang spends it on this whistle <laughs> that at first you're like what the hell yeah, totally. You even when he blows it, you're like, okay, nothing happens, so it was yeah. pointless, right? Right. And I love that it cost him like a copper. That's about what I would expect that whistle to cost. I don't know. I feel like yeah. money in this world, even though that's something that's probably not terribly hard to do, it's consistent. You know, mm-hmm. things that cost this much make sense. Like his hat being traded for a few nuts. It's not this weird right. dumb thing that it's like a cheap hat that now he doesn't have anymore. You know? Yeah. Right. Totally. Um. There's a shot when they're uh, running away from the pirates. I just wrote down how when they're fleeing the pirates after Katara has stolen the waterbending scroll, mm-hmm. they go around the corner of a building at one point, 
and oh, the, yeah. it's animated to look like it was shot with a super wide angle lens. Like a fish eye lens, yeah. I think that's so cool how the animators use techniques used in physical filmmaking mm-hmm. to evoke emotion. And in that example, it's just such a little thing I would never think to do. But I wonder if animators just have the brain of... Uh, I guess that's more of like a cinematographer's mind. Like, oh, this shot should be a wide. Yeah. I, I it's wonder such what a specific choice. And it, it just, I love the moment. It's very effective. They've used yeah. the same, a similar um, type of lens in the second episode of the show. I remember pointing it out. A fisheye lens when Aang is first captured and he's on Zuko's boat. Yeah. And the fisheye lens in the hallway and it like helps him feel trapped because you show how much metal is around him. And it isolates him and makes him feel more trapped in all, all these walls that are around him. And in this circumstance... It helps the motion of them running away, you know, because yeah, and you see more. You, you don't have to pan with them and feel like you're looking around. It's a yeah, set it's place, like a but you can pan. see a lot of it, and yeah. they run through it. You know what I'm saying? And that's something that the that you have to decide before you start drawing because they can't mm-hmm. just churn an animation into a fisheye animation without a lot of stuff getting wonky because it's 2D. You know, right? Maybe yep. if it was a CGI with a virtual camera, but yeah, just little decisions like that that you have to plan out. Yeah. It's crazy. I can't even imagine even a bad show has to make decisions like that, you know? And right. this show does it well. Um, is Iro rich? <laughs> just, <laughs> All the shit he buys. <laughs> they buy so much. Like, yeah. There's, they got to be rich, right? Yeah. He must yeah. be. Yeah. Because he's royalty, but he wasn't banished like Zuko. He didn't he decide to go with Zuko, or was he part of that banishment? Um, I mean, he's part of the royal family, but I suppose we don't really have the context of of his relationship yet necessarily. But I mean, definitely, there he's the fucking he's the brother to the king, you know, and the and prince. He buys They've that got money, gemmed statue. Yeah, that monkey statue. I love that moment when he's he's making the monkey face. <laughs> and it's the same face. It's almost like they he yeah. like perfectly right. Gosh. Yeah, that's a amazing Iro goofy moment. Oh um, when, when they are running away though, we get the cabbage guy. His uh, yeah, I first just wrote down cabbages L O L his first that return to the show. And Aang did not have to fuck his cabbage cart up like that. He did not have to do. He flies through. It simply... almost felt like he knew. He oh, it almost guy. felt like he did. <laughs> um, he could have picked up one cabbage and thrown it, or like used an airwave before they got to that. And I don't know. Yeah, Aang's so swift in many moments in this episode. And actually, one cool thing that I think about way too often, like even before we started this re- this rewatch. Um, when he's in the uh uh when he's trying to barter for the water scroll before Katara steals yeah, it, I know and he uses one copper about. piece between his fingers, and then he goes two copper pieces, and he's using all four fingers, like, all four fingers with the. Sp- I think it's about like that the, all the time. Yeah, mm-hmm. thing. There's a space between. It is the coolest looking so cool. animation ever, and yeah. it's as simple as trying to barter with a joke. And right. It, uh, Two copper pieces. I would have. I would have <laughs> yeah. been like, if you just hold them like that, yeah, you can have it. <laughs> yeah. He th- there's a brief thing he says once they're like back to safety. Uh, Ang says, you know, I kind of used to look up, or uh, uh, I used to kind of look up to pirates. 
but those guys were jerks. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> Aang used to be so, like, ah, oh, pirates, cool. Like, you think he did it maybe, in like a kid way, you know? Yeah, maybe that's like one of those moments where the show is like, hey, if you're a little kid and you think pirates are cool, they are, but like, they're also thieves and murderers, so you should know that. Because, mm-hmm. you know, like... A lot of little kid media shows pirates as just being treasure berry and arg skeleton guys, you know? Right. And then maybe that's kind of just like a little way for the show to be like, okay, I probably shouldn't just let people think pirates are cool, you know? Right. But I don't sure. know. Uh, can we talk about the waterbending scroll? That's just yeah, cool. That is very cool. I don't cool. feel like... So do you think it? it's just the one page? Because they don't really show more than one page yeah but it looked like there were like each row was a move you know what i mean yeah which is I, also i like... paused it and i can't tell you can there is a clear water whip yeah one of them looks kind of like he's like lifting a wave yeah. type thing one of them looks like i don't know it's it's interesting i wonder what the uh decisions to decide you know like what the animations were for those like if those moves will come back and we just won't realize yeah. it yeah but even regardless you can now be like whenever she does cool moves you could be like that could be one of the ones that they got exactly in the it's literally like leveling up you know what i mean <laughs> exactly and it's so i love when a show does that like oh pick an item out of the gift shop oh, right gravity falls reference great oh, show gravity falls thank you for turning me onto that you are so <laughs> welcome i haven't heard updates from where you're at but we will talk i forgot after to talk about it in the beginning yeah and we'll talk about it in the next episode too um, um i love when they get back it's very, very good drama to have two characters that you both like who are both mad at each other and they're both right. Sokka yeah. and Katara are both, they're both right. right. Yeah. I wrote she down not... Sokka's right. Yeah. And then the next thing I wrote is, but I totally feel you, Katara. Like, she <laughs> like, should I, not have yeah. put them in that kind of danger, but also, Absolutely like, not. Fuck those It's pirates. a waterbending scroll stro- stolen by pirates from her people. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Fuck them. So let's talk about that for just a second. Mm-hmm. I I wrote down here. I later wrote down. Oh, maybe that's how. Which we'll get to. How <laughs> do you think the pirates stole the waterbending scroll? Mm-hmm. Because you can't just break into a water tribe without being water nation. And I can't imagine they just like. Wow. But later we see something come up, which we'll get oh. to. That shows me that maybe they uh, are masters of stealth and you know hiding themselves it's just kind of a cool thing to think about like i I would love to just see <clears throat> excuse me i would love to just see <laughs> <laughs> just like the pirates showing up to the northern water tribe busting in and somehow like staging this stealthy mission and escaping with just a waterbending scroll because they don't have anything mm-hmm. else water tribes so that's all they got right or did they like you know, pay someone to smuggle it or, I don't know, just a cool thought. I always think about like, okay, well, what's the backstory to that? And the show has a cool way of showing us things like that. I mean, another thought that that brought to my mind is like, they probably didn't break into the North Pole. They might have, you know, stolen it from traveling waterbenders like their dad, you know? She doesn't explicitly say that, but that's like probably a factor on her mind. Like they stole this from waterbenders. And you know? who would have a waterbending scroll other than people going to war, you know, bringing right. the scroll to the front lines and the moves are, atta- are attack moves. Water whip isn't a yep. defensive move or yep. a like useful move. It's an attack. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, Sokka really feels like a great older brother in this episode. Mm. 
especially because there's conflict and he's not just like purely right and you know yeah he but he, he has like these wise moments he has those like side eye glances at Katara when she's doing things wrong like mm-hmm. when she's trying to learn waterbending and accidentally hurts Momo and then she just yells at Aang about you know you're always so good at things why oh, don't you just Aang's and then face. she <laughs> she looks face. to Sokka yeah. and he just side eyes her like fucked up and it just yeah. felt like such a natural older brother moment. He didn't need to say anything. He gave her a look, and it feels, man, you fucked up, you know? Yeah. Oh. Ooh, I didn't say this yet. The pirate ship design, this might this might uh, recall for you, too, really reminds me of the Lord of the Rings pirates in the Return of the Kings ship design. Oh, yeah. Those, like, that. sails with, like, almost, like, yeah, spiny. Yeah, cool. They almost totally. look like a fish yeah Spine, like a totally. fish uh, a fish fin. fin yeah so cool i love that design yeah absolutely oh and and then uh zuko working with them and we get another glimpse of him actually having skills like being yes. a skilled tracker you know they stole and a water bending scroll lead, like be on the water and like using them being mm-hmm. like you if you get them you can have the scroll back otherwise i'll burn it yeah he's like tactical but then he gets in over his head later. Yeah. Which we'll come to in a second here. They, they do find them because of Katara, like 100%. And I love yeah. that actually when they get she caught, she's like, it's the my word. fault. And Aang's like, no, it's not. And Aang or Iroh just goes, it kind yeah, of kind is. Of is. <laughs> and when she's waterbending, she even goes, oh, this stupid waterbending scroll. Yeah. And like, like they can hear her say the word waterbending scroll and they're like oh, that's her you know <laughs> like yeah <laughs> and it's not just that like she's too jealous and she's doing this at night but also like she's not in a good state of mind so she's not doing well with it so she's getting more frustrated and yelling which is like very irresponsible you know this show is a, does a really cool way of showing you that everything kind of connects to that just you know you got to you got to be at peace. You yeah. got to have like your chi balanced or mm-hmm. shit won't go right. Yeah. Uh, also, I always love the moment where they throw a net at Aang and he can't do anything about it because his air yeah. goes right through the net. Yeah, totally. I don't think I it's the first time. Stuff. Maybe it's the only time. I don't know. But that always go. makes me go, oh, shit, when that happens. I was watching it and he goes, and I was like, oh, he's good. And then it just, and I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. We get another smart Sokka moment. Where he totally plays those pirates. And I love that he's using what he brings to the group. You know, like he gets the like stupid, simple-minded, idiotic, masculine like thing that they have, you know. Some of my favorite media feels like D&D brought to life, brought to a show. Totally. This show, specifically this episode, feels like a D&D party. For our listeners who don't know what I'm talking about, Dungeons and Dragons is basically like, if you do know what Lord of the Rings is, it's like you're playing Lord of the Rings. You're, you are put into the world. Yeah. It's awesome. But a lot of stuff feels, I guess it's because you want balance within a party, mm-hmm. in a game, especially because you're playing the game. But in media too, when you're watching a show, reading a book, you don't want every character to be the overpowered badass who can stop anything and is invincible but you also don't want every character to be super flawed and have no way of figuring out a right path you need your wise character who's also you know 
always hungry. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you need your yeah. yeah. And Sokka really brings an amazing side of that to the table, having so many different like flaws and weaknesses, while also just maybe being the smartest of them all every time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and you really see all parts of the team. Like even Momo plays his part in here. You know, he Momo's like, great here. Yeah, he uh Kicks munches away her her uh katara's ropes and then you kind of have you know the uh the parrot that fucking parrot oh my looks gosh. like such a dick they did a good a job lizard making that parrot, parrot. <laughs> oh um, like yeah it steals the scroll and then you've got kind of the like <laughs> like the seeker snitch uh dynamic of this battle um <laughs> as momo chases that parrot down for the scroll uh, while everything else is going on, I just love that what, that aspect. Of what it. an accurate comparison to just like it's the seeker and the snitch flying around in the middle of the Quidditch match. Yeah, I love the smoke bombs and the the yeah. POV that's what I was getting inside. That it. could maybe give you a little insight to how they got that scroll. The yeah. smoke bombs, right? It's like everyone sense. didn't know what to do as soon as those smoke bombs went up. Yeah. And then Aang just like lifting smoke to try to find Sokka, and he's just got a ring of enemies around him fighting. Uh, never mind. <laughs> Pirates Puts the smoke back. Nation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I love. <laughs> You're too busy fighting. You did not notice that your own ship has set sail. Shut up with your proverbs. No, dude. <laughs> Literally, your ship. It's... it's gone. And then later, Iroh's just like, maybe I should make it a proverb. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, what's up with Katara just being like, thanks, Momo, I owe you one bushel of apples. <laughs> Such a specific thing to owe an animal that... <laughs> it's like, I owe you one. No, I owe you one bushel of apples. <laughs> she better deliver on that. If I don't see Fuck Momo yeah. eating apples in the next few episodes, I'm be... All right. Then we get some. <laughs> no, I, I feel you. But uh, then we get some some dope bending moments. Uh, I mean, both of them working together, and they have to concentrate. There's no like dynamic of jealousy or anything because they have to just get it done. The wave to get the ship out. They uh, Ang uses the big wave that he was good at, like the kind of big brunt force of and the water washes them away. And yeah. she he uses does it the water too. whip. Yeah, that's his first time just water bending. Because he needs to in the moment. Yep. And it's within the episode that he basically learned how to waterbend. He only uses things that Katara specifically told him this is a move, you know? But then he uses a really, really dope airbending move that happens briefly, but he does it twice in a row. And I think it's so dope. He just, like, whips up... crouching behind somebody and then just creates like an air bubble around him that just expands and flings them away. It's yeah. So dope. It's so creative. Yeah. How do you think of that? He sees the waterfall uh, coming and then he's got the whistle. Yeah. So the moment with the waterfall for me, I don't know if it's the first time they do this, but it feels like a moment where they kind of develop the physics of bending a little further. Yeah. Not to get, all scientific here with the show but up till this point you can think okay if you're standing on the ground you're too you're rooted into the ground you could lift up water and like throw it at someone Mm. but if i had like water underneath my feet and i was a waterbender could i lift myself Mm. you know what i mean by that like can you or would you be grounded and only be able to lift water and this basically answers that question because they're grounded they're on this boat if they couldn't do that 
the boat would keep going even if they created whirlpools because right. they would be pulling themselves into the whirlpools just by bending that water. Right. Kind of confusing. But basically, this establishes that they're literally bending the movement of the water separate from themselves. Yeah. So, potentially, you could just, like, put water around you and fly if you were a waterbender. <laughs> yeah, I mean... You'd I have to be super powerful. Well, but also, stuff like that is not, you know, happens in the show. I'm not, you know, I'm not Oh, yeah, I won't. I, I'm not drawing I, but this is that first time now Season where two I go, finale, anybody? <laughs> see, I won't say... Yeah, I, I definitely That's won't... A, just, just for the people who have seen the show before. Oh, yeah. Y'all yeah. know what I'm talking oh, yeah. about. Anyway. But it just expands the abilities to a point that it's just like, oh, wow, they can do that? Absolutely. Cool. You know? Yeah. God, that lizard is scary, man. That Ooh. lizard parrot. <laughs> yeah. God. Oh, that that uh, sequence of, of Momo and the parrot... Uh, flying around each other and like then momo getting the best of him and wrapping him up so dope so dope is Um, that the moment that they (laughs) so dope is that the moment that they did in the original pilot it's very similar that's what i was thinking i think they finally like it's we're able to do the same sort of like cg tracking shot but like we do follow them through flight battle which is derp and then the the whistle pays off they Oh, did throw you throw the ship over, <laughs> land on Appa? What? Did you hear the guy with like the come on back oh, yeah. voice <laughs> yeah. when his friend threw Sokka, just like throws him against the sail of their ship and Sokka just oof and like falls? That <laughs> yeah. guy just goes, oh, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> like, why? Oh, <laughs> it was, it just funny. like, I was watching it with Herman and he goes, did he just go? That's good. And I was like, yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. <sighs> Fucking Iroh's just like, oh, I had the chip all along. <laughs> oh. God damn it. And then. I'm glad Zuko throws it. I, I am I would have thrown it too. Yeah. Yeah. I would have too. But also, I don't but, know. Now they got to get a chip, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's still got to find one. He screwed yeah. himself. They probably <laughs> right. went right after that to the nearest <laughs> Straight village. Straight back to the, to the village. Yeah. And then you get this this really nice last scene with them with Katara like owning up and Aang accepting her apology and stuff. How do you feel about that? Yeah, like with uh do you agree with the morals of the episode how it kind of ends with them being like, "Yeah, you can't steal unless it's from pirates." <laughs> um uh, it kind of feels just a tiny bit like Katara, did you you do you... know why that wasn't okay though, right? right. Like, yeah, they weren't right, and you can steal from. If they stole from you, steal it back. Like I'm, I kind of think... do agree with that. But like, you put them in danger too. You do realize that, or I, what do you think? I think she properly acknowledged her part in the uh, uh, events of the episode Absolutely. at the beginning of that discussion. I think they only really add the like, "What did you learn?" Because we've already gone through the lesson. So it's like I yeah. think they they kind of slide the lesson in. At the beginning of the conversation, and then make a joke out of the like, oh, "What's the lesson? Don't steal from pirates." I mean, you can't. I mean, d- don't don't steal, but but if they are, pi- but pirates, because pi- you know, it, like they fuck steal. pirates. <laughs> um, so, like I when you know. think about it, that is like a piece of like cultural importance. You know, like that. That's not just a a thing with some fighting moves on it. It's specific to like 
the waterbenders and like the water tribe and these guys aren't water tribe they stole it right fuck them yeah fuck them if you weren't if you didn't know already this is an explicit uh podcast <laughs> apologize <laughs> we this was a little bit of a fuck centric episode yeah fuck heavy i i've realized i kind of <laughs> when we were first talking about this show, I was the one who who was like, I don't know, like, what do you think? Balance of like language <laughs> and uh, what do you? Th- I think we should like not not do it at all, but you know, not be swearing every other word. And li- <laughs> editing these episodes, I am swearing so much, and I am sorry if anybody is uh, finds it uh, off putting in any way. Yeah, fuck. I'm sorry about that. Ah, shit. Um, <laughs> so I think that could bring us to our kid moment of the week. Ah, yes, <laughs> <laughs> fucking kid moment. <laughs> I think I have mine. I think, yeah. and I, I kind of think you might agree. Let's yeah. see, though. Mm-hmm. What do you okay. uh, do? You have any picks? I've got a couple that I was thinking of, but I think I gotta go with my my gut feeling. Is it's Appa getting his toes it- cleaned? Oh yeah, yeah, that's a great moment. I love that great. shit. And and uh, Sokka's just like, yeah, eat it up, whatever. And and Appa's got this oh, super happy face. face. He's just like, Rawr. he like leans back. Yeah. Oh, he looks like a puppy. Yeah. What What were okay. you gonna say? <laughs> I just every time I watch this episode, it's so out of left field mm. that I rewind and make sure I saw what I saw. <laughs> The Iro monkey face. Because <laughs> it comes at such a weird time. They're just like, yeah. he's like, wait, this monk and the little girl. Did you see them? He's like, hey. <laughs> like what? <laughs> That's a good uh, one. But, oh, man, you've got me leaning in your direction, though, because as a owner of a dog, it's just an accurate. It's like you're giving a dog a belly rub, but it's yeah. a giant bison. <laughs> yeah. And he's just floating it's... along. It's both a kid moment in that like it's funny and goofy, but also like especially as a kid, I'd be like, I want to I I want to be there. I want to be there floating on Appa's belly, you know. That's Absolutely. Why I think it's my pick. Why I feel confident enough about that. Well, I think you convinced me. I'd say our kid moment of the week Hell absolutely yeah. goes to <laughs> getting some dirt out of Appa's toes. Mud and bugs. Which, by the way, Sokka's one of those unspoken heroes of the show where he does things that you don't really talk about being just a cool guy move. You know, he'd be like, come on, do I have to do that? And they'll be like, yeah. And he'd be like, all right, cool. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. Do I really yeah. have to dress up in that outfit? Right. I mean, it's our culture. You know what? I respect that. You're cool. <laughs> Women are awesome. You know, like, it's like, whoa. There. Yeah. Right. Didn't expect that, you know? Yeah. No, I just totally. saw a tweet today because, you know, everyone's watching the show now. Yeah. By the way, everyone out there who's watching it, hopefully you're listening. Uh, yeah. I saw a tweet that was like, <laughs> it was it was like a joke, but it was like the true feminist king of my uh childhood and it was literally just a, a four picture sequence of Sokka trying on the Kyoshi armor hmm. and I was just thinking in my head like man you don't even know like that's his first moment of right. character growth in the whole show yeah he is right. like so cool by the end just come on oh man but yeah, he goes places I love that but yeah everybody's watching the show because uh if you didn't already know it's out on Netflix now it came out on the 15th that's actually for the first time today, that's how I, I watched the episode was on Netflix. Um, 
and sort of to accommodate and also just sort of you know talking more about what we want the show to be uh we are going to be uh ramping up to two episodes a week and we're going to be doing two more like this episode has been slightly shorter going to try and keep it to around 40 45 minutes and if you are looking for other content to listen to Gary and I and two of our best friends Dustin and Sam have started a r- actual play Dungeons and Dragons podcast called Legendary Four Space Vampires. Space Vampires. You can find um, the first two episodes of those uh, on legendary4.com. They're also on iTunes and Spotify. Just search for Legendary Four Adventures um, or go to legendary4.com. As someone who forgets everything as soon as it happens, I listened to them and they were really entertaining. <laughs> And I'm not being biased. I totally forgot some of the things that we encountered in those first couple episodes, and I was laughing my butt off. Sam, it is good, entertaining. He's a great writer. Sam has done a great job, really, establishing and preparing some really entertaining material for this. So funny. Um, the <sighs> third episode of that is going to be coming out uh, this next Friday, the 22nd. Um, and then we're going to start doing these episodes on Sundays as well. So the next episode of New Lens should be out on Sunday the 24th. Thank you all for tuning in. I hope you've been enjoying this. Uh, Yeah, I'm Calvin. And I'm Gary. This has been A New Lens. See you next time.